0: Hello, hello, this is David back again with another episode of the Blood and Fire radio podcast. This is episode number 93. My allergies have been killing me today, and I've just been clearing my throat all day, so my voice probably sounds a bit tired, because it is tired, but I'm getting through it, damn it, we're making it happen. So... Let's go ahead and kick things off with a bang here, out of the USA, out of Florida. This is a legendary death metal band that's been around since 84. Band is Morbid Angel. Um, I'm going to play something off of their third album, called Covenant. came out in 93 through Earache Records. It's their third album of nine so far. I actually don't credit um, Abominations of Desolation as an album. I know they recorded it in, I want to say, 86, um, but it didn't get released until way later in the 90s. Um, But I don't count it as an album because uh, a lot of the songs that were on it ended up getting reworked and re-recorded and included on different full-length albums of theirs. So yeah, I consider it almost like a a demo, I guess, because that was back when they still had Mike Browning uh, doing drums and vocals. Uh, Still a good listen, but yeah, I just kind of consider it like an unofficial album or something. (laughs) But I uh, love the first two records. Of course, uh, the debut is considered an absolute classic of the Florida death metal scene. Um, by the time this third album, Covenant, was released, they uh, I believe this was released, uh, it was through Earache, but I think they also released this through uh, a major label as well. Like it was uh, in cooperation with, um, I don't know if it was Sony, Sony Records or something like that. but yeah it got major you know nationwide distribution and everything this was the first record that they kind of hit it big so to speak um the production very dry Uh, took some getting used to for me when i first heard it i really liked the production of the first two records and this one had kind of a not as punchy of a sound and uh, david vincent had changed his vocal style again Um, he pretty much changed his voice on every album on which he sang with morbid angel So this was, uh, of the vocal styles he had used up to this point, this was my least favorite. I like the vocals on Blessed Are the Sick a lot better, um, but he doesn't sound bad here. It's just, of, of all the voices he's used, this is my, maybe my least favorite. But, some excellent songs on this record that they still play live, uh, to this day. David Vincent is great. I would say that, generally speaking, I am more of a Steve Tucker fan when it comes to the vocals. But, um... Yeah, it's it's always cool to hear songs off of this album sung by Steve Tucker when you see them live these days. But um, but yeah, Pete Sandoval just firing on all cylinders on this album and uh, you'll hear it quite well in this tune. So off of 1993's Covenant, this is Morbid Angel with Pain Divine. morbid angel with pain divine uh, i will say that that was also the first record um where they did not have richard Brunel on second guitar he was already out of the band at that point so this record was uh, released as a three-piece that was before they got eric rutan in the band all right we're going to new zealand here this band uh initially existed from 94 to 97 and then they uh, disbanded and got back together in 04 and they're still going strong now They're called Vasifor. And Vasifor falls in line with that New Zealand style of death metal. Uh, I've talked about it many times before on on past episodes. How it's kind of... uh, They were kind of at the forefront of this kind of resurrection of this style. Where it's very just slathered in echo and reverb and stuff. And the the riffs are very primitive. Vocals typically are not all that dynamic. They tend to stay kind of uh, very low uh, throughout. But... um, yeah, that scene kind of exploded out of New Zealand there. There's several really good bands playing this style. I've played vasa on a previous episode before. Um, they released a new record called To The Death in August of last year. I didn't even realize it. This is their third album. They put out one in 2012, 2017, and then this one here in 2020. Came out through Iron Bonehead Productions, which I do follow that label fairly closely. And I'm kind of surprised that this uh, passed me by, but... Um, Gave it a listen recently, and the music is great. I'm not so stoked on the vocals. Like, there's a weird effect on them, and I just don't like them as much as I have on previous releases of theirs. Um, Overall, the production, like, the riffing is great. The production just sounds really muddy. Like, it just kind of sounds like you're listening to it uh, underwater or something. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, It's certainly kind of in line with their past releases, but there's just some things that are holding it back for me. Uh, mainly just the vocals and the production, but uh, but the riffs are there. The guitar work is great. So yeah, I felt it was worthy of sharing. So here we go off of their 2020 album, To the Death. This is Vassifor with Egregor Rising. <laughs> there we have it. That was Vasifor out of New Zealand with Egregor Rising. Yeah, those vocals just aren't doing it for me. Like, I've listened to this record start to finish. I haven't listened to it a second time. Um, but yeah, the production is, you know, bothersome, but not too much so for me. I can get past that, but yeah, I'm just not, not digging those vocals. Oh man, we got some thunder outside. Hopefully I can get through this without all my shit you know power going out or something like that (laughs) whatever we'll roll the dice Uh, alright we're gonna jump to Finland here this band has been around since 07 and they are one of my favorite death doom bands I love just the whole vibe Um, it's really the best word I can pick um, when it comes to their music it's just the mood the vibe of their of their sound I love it the band is hooded menace and they are releasing a new album this August, on August 27th, called The Tritonus Bell, through Season of Mist. It'll be their sixth album. They have not disappointed me one bit with each album they release. Um, yeah, I'm excited for this. They actually recorded this um, at uh, Andy LaRock, um, you know, the guitar player from from King Diamond, uh, his studio in Sweden. Um I think it's called Sonic Train Studios now. It used to be called Los Angered Studios back in the day, and then he changed the name of it. But, uh, yeah, they're big fans of King Diamond, so they wanted to record uh, in Sweden at Andy's studio. And what's funny is, in this uh, first single that they released, you can really hear some, like, King Diamond riff, you know, inspiration in there. Like, you can hear that... They were definitely inspired by working with Andy, and uh, there's just that kind of King Diamond style in the uh, opening riffs of this song, and I think it's great. But yeah, um, really, really digging this first single and looking forward uh, to this album. So here we go, off of their sixth album, The Tritonus Bell, this is Hooded Menace with Blood Ornaments. <laughs> we go that was hooded menace from finland with blood ornaments they always have great guitar work but i feel like they've really kind of upped the up the ante up to the melody um i can definitely hear a lot of king diamond influence in there and um i'm pretty excited about that so all right we're jumping back to the usa and back to florida here this band has technically only been around since 2020 but there's a ton of history here the band is called inhuman condition which is named after a song by the old Florida death metal band Massacre because it contains former members of Massacre. So Massacre, of course, had Cam Lee on vocals and Rick Ross on guitar and Terry Butler on bass and Bill Andrews on drums. And then uh, they took forever to release a debut album. Like in the meantime, like the band kind of went on hold because all the guys except for Cam Lee went ahead and joined uh, Death, And then Massacre finally released their debut album, From Beyond, in 1991. And uh, it's a classic Florida death metal album, but uh, they really just kind of didn't do much after that. Um, Cam Lee, from what I've heard, is pretty notoriously difficult to work with, uh, as is Rick Ross, apparently, because uh, he relaunched the band and they actually released an album Uh, A few years back, maybe uh, maybe five years ago, six years ago, I could be wrong there, 2015 or 16, called back from beyond, which is a terrible title, but it was Rick Ross and Terry Butler, and then they had a different drummer and a different vocalist, and it just wasn't very good. Like the the vocalist sounded nothing like Cam Lee, which you know you could view that as a positive or a negative. Most people probably wouldn't want a Cam Lee impersonator. Uh, so he did use his own voice, this guy, this new guy, but it just didn't sound like a Massacre album, and it didn't really matter that Rick Ross and Terry Butler were there. But then Terry Butler left, and Rick Ross got fired, and, um, basically, like, Cam Lee rejoined the band and fired Rick Ross, pretty much. So now, Massacre still exists, and it's Cam Lee, it's their original bass player, I think his first name is Michael Borders, um... And then, so it's like two original guys, and then some other, you know, new members. And so they announced this lineup of new members, and then I'd say within three months, those new members all quit. Uh, And they, in their statement about it, they said, we should have listened to our friends in the music scene, who told us, don't join, don't work with Cam Lee, it's just going to be a clusterfuck, it's not going to work out. And that's exactly what happened, so... That reputation for Cam Lee uh, being hard to work with seems to... There seems to be something to that. Great vocalist, and he definitely... His vocal style influenced guys like Barney from Napalm Death. And Dave Ingram from Benediction. They have very similar styles and have cited Cam Lee as, a, as an inspiration many times. Um, but yeah, so Massacre recruited yet another group of new members. And they're supposedly working on music, but who knows uh, if that's actually happening or not. In the meantime... Uh, Terry Butler and um, another former member of Massacre uh, started this band, Inhuman Condition. I think it's a three piece. The guy who sings also does the drums on the album. Um, but yeah, they formed this band and they released uh, a couple of little singles here and there, and now they finally have released the full length. It just came out uh, a few days ago here on June 4th through Listenable Insanity Records. The album's called Rat God. And it's pretty good it doesn't sound quite like um uh cam lee the singer doesn't sound like cam lee he has his own voice which is fine because musically this sounds a lot closer to the classic massacre stuff than anything that massacre has released (laughs) in recent years so this sounds more in line with uh the kind of riffing that you hear on the debut album from beyond so it's pretty cool i mean it has a very classic death metal kind of vibe to it so uh, yeah, I dig it. When it comes to New Massacre stuff or this, I'm choosing this. I like this better. So, Off of their debut album, Rat God, this is Inhuman Condition with Killing Pace. was In Human Condition with Killing Pace. Yeah, riff-wise, that definitely has a lot more in common with the early Massacre stuff um, than the guitar work did on the comeback album for Massacre uh, Back From Beyond that had Rick Ross on guitar. Uh, That album still sounded good. sounded like a death metal album. It just wasn't great, and it didn't quite sound like Massacre. It wasn't what everybody was expecting, but that is a lot closer to it, so I dig it. Um, Alright, we are going to... Well, this band originally started in Venezuela and then later relocated to Chile. Been around since 2010. They're called Selbst. That's S-E-L-B-S-T. They've only got a couple albums out, but they just released their second album in August of last year called Relatos de Angustia through Debemer Morti Productions, which is a great label. Love that label. Um, but yeah, they just play a very melodic... Brand of black metal and it uh, has a pretty good production pretty clear and punchy. There's some keyboards in there Um, I like the vocalist and yeah, the guitar work is very good Um, Yeah, they're one of those bands that is definitely a quality band uh, with good musicians And I really hadn't heard of them until uh, this album I didn't know about them at all from the debut I may have seen the name on the Devin Murmorty roster and just didn't bother checking it out for a while so, uh, this was, uh, this is a fairly recent discovery for me. So, yes, off of their second album, which again came out in August of last year, called Relatos de Angustia. <laughs> Relatos? Relatos de Angustia. This is Selbst with Deafening Wailing of the Desperate Ones. <laughs> Selbst from Chile with Deafening Wailing of the Desperate Ones. Really, really good. Um, That's a band that's worthy of your time. It's one that I, like I said, I kind of slept on it, saw the name, didn't bother checking it out. I was actually surprised. I don't know why. I just thought the, the band name, I assumed they would be a European band. So I was surprised to see that they were from South America. All right, we're jumping to Sweden here excellent death metal band that's been around since 91 and they were always a little bit different from their contemporaries Um, they didn't have that Stockholm death metal like the chainsaw guitar you know tone they didn't have that same Sunlight Studios uh, tone that uh, all these other bands had the band is Hypocrisy and I love Hypocrisy because they kind of um toe the line between like melodic death metal and and more straightforward, more brutal death metal because they, on every album, it's kind of a 50-50 mix of the really kind of fast, straightforward, guitar, riff-driven, you know, songs uh, with great, great vocals from Peter. And then he'll he'll pepper in these more epic, um, like mid, mid-paced, kind of headbanging tempo um, songs where it's a lot more kind of open chord strumming and such. And uh might have keyboards in it to kind of fill things out. But it's just this real epic, melodic vibe. And I love those particular songs uh, on their records. And I'm going to play one right now that's one of my favorites. Um, of course, you know, when I, when I say that, I mean songs like Eraser. You know, is probably their most famous, uh, you know, example of, of that. Where it's just kind of that more headbanging, mid-tempo, super catchy, big chorus... And this song is is kind of like that as well. So this comes off of their self-titled album from 1999. It's their sixth record out of 13. Came out on Nuclear Blast. Uh, Album number 14 is on the way. Not sure if that'll come out by the end of this year or the beginning of next year. But it is uh, in the mixing stages, I believe. uh, Because Peter keeps posting updates on his uh, Instagram and such. So um, I've seen some recent posts from him sitting in the mixing chair working on it. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. It's been a while since they released anything, so... But yes, this album, um, of course, they released the album, The Final Chapter, and that was supposed to basically be the final album. And then I, I'm still not 100% clear as to why he decided to continue, if that was totally just his own mood that Peter wanted to keep it going, or if it was, like, just from fan fan feedback and people just really pushing him, urging him, like, that he should keep going... Uh, so yeah, I'm not sure why he continued Hypocrisy, but I'm glad he did. Um, this album is kind of underrated um, from what I've seen anyways. People don't tend to talk about the self-titled one as much, but I really like this record a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm going to play It's the opening track off of the record, and it's a real epic one. One of my favorite Hypocrisy tunes ever. So here we go, off of their 1999 self-titled album. This is Hypocrisy with Fractured Millennium. Hypocrisy with Fractured Millennium one of my favorite hypocrisy tunes ever okay we're gonna jump to Poland here this is a one man band that's been around since 98 which I had no idea it's been around for that long because I certainly hadn't heard of it until recently Um, I checked it out honestly expecting it to be terrible because it has a stupid band name the name of this one man band is Evil Feast and it's one word so, yes, Evil Feast. And, yeah, I thought that was a really dumb band name, so I never bothered uh, giving it a listen. <laughs> and finally did. I forget what it was I was looking at on Spotify, but they were kind of listed in a uh, the kind of related, you know, you might also like this, you know, section. So it just made me laugh when I saw the name again. So I was like, let's give it a listen. And it's not bad. It's actually not bad. It's uh, It's black metal. It's kind of on the more melodic side, kind of lo-fi production, Uh, longer songs, there's keyboards in there. Um, So it's kind of, you know, Zaster-esque, but maybe not quite as as depressing. Uh, It still has a dark, you know, mood to it, but it's not that, uh, you know, DSBM. But yeah, I'm going to play something off of their fifth album called Elegies of the Stellar Wind came out in December of 2017 through Eisenwald Records so yes, here we go this is a bit of a longer tune but uh, it's good it is good it's better than the band name would suggest so here we go off of the album Elegies of the Stellar Wind this is Evil Feast with From the Northern Valachian Forest Tyranny Returns Shutting the door on that tune. That was Evil Feast from Poland with From the Northern Valachian Forest, Tyranny Returns. That was pretty good. Um, It's not, you know, the most inventive thing in the world, but there's enough elements in there to make it interesting. There's the little sound samples like we heard there at the end. There's the acoustic guitars in there uh, overlaid over the distorted riffs there's you know the keyboards that just kind of keep it interesting Um, I really liked that definitely surprised me um, (laughs) compared to you know what I thought it was gonna be from the band name but uh, alright we're gonna jump to France here this band existed from 86 to 97 and uh, I consider them to be kind of in line with the early like Sepultura material it's kind of thrash, kind of death metal but kinda toes the line between the two Uh, the band is Massacre and um yeah like i said they only existed for nine years they uh stopped in 97 whenever their uh, guitar player Freddie Duval uh passed away at age 30 of skin cancer of all things um that's you know i mean skin cancer does does claim some lives out there but typically it's for uh for older people who have had you know decades and decades of sun exposure and things like that that leads to the skin cancer so that's uh, i was very shocked to see that that was the cause of death for him at age 30 but um yeah they disbanded upon his death and um and never reformed but they did put out five records um a lot of people really champion those first two as like their best you know final holocaust and uh, enjoy the violence but i uh, personally my favorite is their third record uh, I'm going to play something off of that. But yeah, they were kind of late to the party. Like I said, they formed in 86. Um, the thrash movement was already kind of well underway by then. And uh, and they didn't release... They released a few demos in the late 80s, but they didn't release their debut full length until 1990. Uh, it was a busy busy few years for them. They released Final Holocaust in 90, and then Enjoy the Violence was in 91. I'm going to play something off of the third album called Sign of the Decline. came out in 92. And then they put out, uh, you know, albums 4 and 5 came out in uh, in 94 and 95. So, yeah, they, they weren't around for that long. Uh, only nine years, but they put out five records in that time. It's pretty wild. But, um, yeah, I just really love the songs on this third one. I think they're a little bit more memorable than the first two. Um, still very aggressive. Love his vocals. So, yeah, this album came out in 92 through Vertigo Records. And... Um, Yeah, they just always had great guitar work. They were a little bit different than uh, some of the other kind of death thrash bands of the time. I think it's just partly because they're French. A lot of stuff that comes from the French scene does not sound like, you know, the Germans or the the British scene or anything like that. They've always kind of had a sound all their own when it comes to this style and with black metal and things like that. Uh, But yes, here we go. Off of the third album, Sign of the Decline, this is Massacre with Baptized in Decadence. (laughs)
1: comes from within the gift of life is death in the end infinite enemies and forgotten friends experiences wisdom allow you cannot bend from up above and down below God and Satan are just part of the show innocence at birth for all that its worth baptized in corruption for total self-destruction given to Adam this present from Eve eternal damnation in the form of a seed in order to lie you must believe to be like the others you have to deceive to steal from another is a brother in need to give all you've got just to bleed
0: all right. I considered cutting that since it's not, you know, music, but I decided to leave the little quote in there. Um, all right, that was Massacre from France with Baptized in Decadence. Great song, uh, just great riffing on that whole album. Uh, all right, we're going to jump to the UK here. This band's been around since 06, but they have not been the most prolific. The band is Grave Miasma, and I've actually seen them live um, in 20... Thirteen uh, in Dublin, Ireland. They were part of the Redemption Fest with uh, Primordial and Rotting Christ and Solstafir and uh, Grave Miasma and Winter Phileth and
1: uh,
0: some other kind of folky, kind of folk metal band that I cannot remember what they were called. But they were all painted up in war paint and shit. Um, but yeah, they were great live. Uh, Grave Miasma was. But they haven't really released much. Um, They released their debut... Oh... 2013, I guess it was. It was... uh, They had released, uh, like, a demo before that. And then, yeah, the debut came out in 2013. So they were still kind of a fresh band at the time when I saw them. Um, But, yeah, they released an EP in 2016. And then they haven't done anything since then until recently. I actually did not know that they had a new one coming. Um every Friday, well not every Friday, but I try to do it um, most every Friday, I will make a Facebook post just kind of detailing, here's uh, some new releases from some pretty good bands, it's all all metal bands and stuff, but uh, I just do that so people don't miss stuff, because I miss stuff all the time, like I'll find out, holy crap, didn't realize this band released an album three months ago, you know, so I'm doing my part to try to help my Facebook friends out there to not miss out on some new releases. So I always, you know, put a little list out there. So at the end of it, I always say, if I forgot anything, just let me know, comment on the post, and let me know what I forgot. And a friend of mine had had commented and, and cited that this new Grave Miasma record, which I just, again, I had no idea it was even coming. The new album's called Abyss of Wrathful Deities. came out on May 14th Uh, on Sepulchral Voice Records, so this is only their second full-length. And we're talking, what is this, eight years after the debut? Uh, So yeah, quite a long time between full-length albums there. But uh, yes, I checked it out, and it's good. I mean, it falls right in line with kind of what they were doing on the debut and on the EP. I don't think it's quite as uh, memorable yet, but it is still very new to me, so I'm going to give it a few more listens as it stands right now, I think the EP that they released in 2016 might be uh, the best thing they've done so far, but um, but yeah, this is one of those bands that they do this style very well, and it's just good to have them back because it just kind of felt like they were just kind of floating around out there for years, and and I hadn't really heard much about them, so it's good to kind of have them back in the forefront again, so here we go, off of the new album, Abyss of Wrathful Deities, this is Grave Miasma with Ancestral Waters We'll That was Grave Miasma with Ancestral Waters. It's really good. It's really good to have them back. Um, I really dig the snare sound on that new album. But yeah, just overall, I still kind of like the songs on that EP a little bit better than the stuff off of this new one, but it's not a bad album at all. It is a good album. All right, we're jumping to Russia here. This band's pretty new. They've been around since 2018. They're called Amanas, which is A-M-M-A-N-A-S. Um... This is a weird one. It's it's a one-man band. As far as there's one guy that plays all the instruments, but there's three different vocalists listed um, when you look them up on Metal Archives, and I'm not really sure if they use them concurrently, like they sing different verses within songs, or if they literally, like, just use one vocalist for this song, and then the next song has a different guy singing. I think that's the case, because on this particular song, it sounds like one guy to me. Um... Basically, it's very clean production, thick production. You can hear the bass really well. Um, Kind of black metal-ish, but not really. Like, they're kind of fancy with the guitar work, like, kind of trying to be dissection-esque, but not quite. I don't know, it's kind of hard to describe. But it is just kind of this punchy, modern, melodic kind of black metal sound. Um, they've released two albums. Their most recent one just came out in October of last year called Obsession Cum Paquetum. Came out through Legions of Darkness. And yes, I think a friend of mine on Facebook was kind of promoting this album or just kind of uh, putting it out there as like, oh, this is one that I didn't hear much um, you know, buzz about last year, but it's worthy of your time. It was one of those type posts, so I decided to check it out and thought it was pretty cool and worthy of uh, throwing on the episode just to kind of help share it in case you're like me and had never heard of them uh, prior to this. But here you go, off of their second album, Obsession Cum Pecatum. This is Amanus with Faces of Death. That was Amanus from Russia with Faces of Death. Um, by the way, that album, I, I was saying it, Obsession cum Pakatum. And if that's not pronounced Pecatum, somebody tell me how that's pronounced. Because that's how I've always said that word. Even going back to um, Isan from Emperor's side project that he did with his wife uh, was called Pecatum. At least that's how I always pronounced it. So if it's not right, and I'm supposed to be saying it a different way... Somebody send me a message and tell me how I'm supposed to say that. Um, Alright, we're jumping back to Poland here. This is a kind of black death metal band that's been around since 98. The band is Azarath. I've played them before. And they're kind of best known for being Inferno from Behemoth's other band. So this is uh, this is his other, other death metal band that kind of has a similar sound uh, to Behemoth, honestly. But... Um, I'd say it's a little more kind of relentless. Um, great drumming, of course, that kind of goes without saying, but uh, my son has actually become a, a bit of a fan <laughs> of their songs. He doesn't know what any of the lyrics say, of course, but he just loves the drumming, and there's a few of uh, their songs kind of on his little playlist that I let him listen to of whenever he wants to listen to crazy drums, as he says. But uh, So it is pretty funny to hear a little four-year-old kid's voice in the back of the car saying, Can we listen to Azarath?" Um, but I'm going to play something off of their newest record. Their seventh album called Saint Desecration. Came out in November of last year through Agonia Records. Um, I like it. It's, it's thicker production. I don't know. It just has a different feel than their earlier work. Um, I've said in the past that they're one of those bands that are very good. And you listen to an album and you say, wow, that was awesome. But you, you can't really remember much like specific songs and specific riffs and things like that. Um, there's a few exceptions here and there, but for the most part it's, it goes kind of in one ear and out the other, but I still enjoy listening to it very much. Um, but yeah, this new album has some a few more memorable tunes on it than some of the, the older stuff, but this one that I'm going to play is actually not only, you know, my favorite off of the new record, but it uh, seems that I'm not alone with that uh, sentiment because... Uh, this particular song is at the top of the list on Spotify as far as being their most uh, listened-to song, you know, of, of uh, recent months at least. So, seems that there's a lot of people that are into this tune. So, off of the new album, Saint Desecration, this is Azarath with "Death at Will." <laughs> Azarath was Azeroth from Poland with Death at Will. That new record is very, very good. Alright, we're going to jump back to Sweden here. This band's been around since 2012. They're called Svederna. And they have three records out. They released one uh, in 2013 and then 2018. And then they just released their third album in August of last year. Called Herd through Carnal Records. Ooh, I just bumped my microphone. Um... But yes, that translates to, like, hearth, uh, like you'd have in a fireplace, you know. Um, But yeah, that came out through Carnal Records. I had actually not heard of them until maybe about a month ago. Um, I can't even remember who shared it. It might have been something on, like, Black Metal Promotion, uh, the Facebook group. That's always kind of sharing YouTube links and stuff to just different black metal bands. Uh, on a daily basis so I've come across several bands uh, through that page that I probably otherwise would not have heard of Um, but yeah so I think I heard of them through that Uh, album album cover kind of caught my attention and decided to check it out and it's good I mean it's just pretty straightforward black metal but um, I think it's really good (laughs) i really don't know what else to say because there's not really a lot of twists and turns and crazy elements being thrown at you by this band that you haven't heard from other black metal bands but um but they just do it well um and i dig it so off of the third album hard this is svederna with skuld olvite knogar which means like i'm not sure what skuld actually translates to but um but the, you know, Orvite Knogar translates to, you know, whatever Skuld is. And White Knuckles, like Vite Knogar is White Knuckles. So yes, I'm curious what the lyrics mean in that song, because it's an interesting song title. So, here we go. This is Svederna with Skuld Orvite Knogar. Uh. was Svederna with skuld olvitik nogar which I looked up skuld uh, while that was playing and it translates so there's two different definitions it translates to debt or guilt so I'm guessing in this case it might mean guilt because it would translate to guilt and white knuckles um all right it is that magical time I'm going to announce the final song of the episode my voice is held up somehow For a guy that said his voice was tired, I sure did talk a shitload this episode. So sorry about that, everybody. Um, But yes, thank you all for listening. Uh, Thanks for telling other people about the podcast. If you want to tell somebody where they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com or on the free Podbean app. Um, Also, the entire catalog of episodes is on Spotify. And I think... It might be on Apple Podcasts now, too. I applied for it, and I'm not entirely sure if it is on there yet or not, but I'm trying, trying to expand a little bit. But if you have any sort of feedback, requests, you know, uh, anything you want to hear that I have not been playing, just send me an email at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And, of course, please find and like the Facebook page, because any sort of, like, news about future episodes or poll questions for you guys the audience or just anything involving the podcast at all it's all getting posted there so make sure you find the facebook page and follow it so yes here we go let's finish strong here this next band formed in 94 in the ukraine band is nocturnal mortem nocturnal mortem is a bit of a of a band with baggage i guess because their early work is great musically it's all great and, but they kind of had some uh, controversial views and controversial lyrics and uh, they kind of got lumped in with that whole kind of Eastern Europe um, scene with the NSBM scene. Um, they haven't tried to deny that, but they have since 2004, I think it said, was it 2004? Maybe, tw- maybe 2014. Uh, I think is when they made a formal, like, statement saying, listen, we had some views in the past, but that's in the past, and that's not kind of what we're about as a band anymore, and we're going to distance ourselves from those views. And, you know, to my knowledge, they they have, you know, they they stick to kind of just more traditional um, Ukrainian folk, you know, themes, uh, lyrically and things like that these days. So um, for some, that might not be good enough. They might, you know, kind of just lump them in as an nsbm band and that's all it is um i can respect their statement they made in 2014 and the fact that they've kind of distanced themselves from those views so i personally can't understand anything that they're singing about anyways i just really dig the music um they have a dvd of theirs on uh youtube the entire performance it's like an hour and a half show of them performing in the ukraine i believe um and it's amazing, like the production on it is perfect, really powerful and clear, and it's just a great performance. Um, and they actually open with this song that I'm about to play, and it's a really good song. Uh, the album in question here is The Voice of Steel, came out in December of 09. it's their sixth album out of seven. I think the seventh one came out in 2017, so there was a pretty good gap in between there. And that's, uh, that's their most recent one, the album that came out in 2017. But yeah, this one came out in 09 through Oriana Music. And I'm going to play the title track here. I think there's a kind of an intro song. It's like not quite of just a t- brief little intro, but it's not a full song either. But it's just kind of a long intro thing. But then it leads into this tune, which is the first kind of longer, full-on tune. And it's great, just really catchy. And yes, if you have not really given Nocturnal Mortem a chance because you just associate them as an NSBM band, uh, you are missing out on some great music there. So try to separate the message from the band and just give it a listen. So yes, I will be back in two weeks with a new episode. And until then, stay safe and turn it up. (laughs) Alright, off of the 2009 album The Voice of Steel, this is Nocturnal Mortem with The Voice of Steel. Cheers.